Hello, this is Dr. Beverly Wright, and thank you for listening to Tag Data Talk, sponsored by Emory Continuing Education and hosted by Dr. Beverly Wright. Tag Data Talk covers topics on the current state and future outlook of analytics and data science using an interview format with professionals and academics to discuss use cases, future trends, talent and skills, organizational structures, tool advancements, and other topics related to data science. Thanks for listening. Hello, this is Dr. Beverly Wright, and thanks for joining TAG Data Talk. With us today, we have Dr. Renata Rawlings-Goss, Executive Director of the South Big Data Innovation Hub, housed in the Institute of Data Engineering and Science at Georgia Institute of Technology. Wow, what a title. And we're talking about emerging skill sets for data science of the future. Thanks for being here, Renata. Thank you so much for having me, Beverly. It's been a, it's always a great pleasure. Thank you. So tell us, why are you so cool? I've known you for a while, and I know you're super cool, but tell us, tell the rest of the audience, why are you so cool? What's your background? So I don't know about all that, but my background is definitely in, um, I got into data science through the biology space, through whole genome sequencing, and then we started running into issues around doing research with data science that became big data issues that are standard and would sound very realistic to people that deal with big data. How do you store it? How do you keep it? How do you manage it and access it? How do you make it private and secure? And to me, that seemed like a step away from science, and it's something that shouldn't be solved organization by organization, and there's some cohesion that needed to happen. So I ended up being a science policy advisor for the then White House of Science and Technology, their White House office. Nice. And working with about 19 federal agencies on their big data strategy, how to do it, how they are thinking about the future, as well as how the with the National Science Foundation. So they started the hubs, the big data innovation hubs, as a mechanism to bring together industry, government, and academic institutions to do things with data that were larger than one sector could do alone, but that would benefit those sectors. So modernizing the energy grid or improving health disparities in the region or in the South. So I'm the executive director for the South region, which is broken up by the census. So it's Delaware through Texas. Mm -hmm. And I I always tell the joke that I have to remind Delaware they're in the South. (laughs) Oh, So (laughs) I spend all of my time uh, talking to industry partners, to government partners, state, local and federal, to academic institutions about how you build data science capacities, how you work together on teams, and how you can get things that are cross-sector done and what are the emerging techniques. Love it. Love it. And you're such a role model for people that come from a, uh, a STEM, especially a sciences background, as well as you're one of the best collaborators I've ever met. So Thank that's you. amazing. And, and you mentioned hubs. How many hubs are there? So there are four okay. for the country. So there's the South, the Northeast, the Midwest, and the West. Nice. And how long have you been in this role? What were you before that? Um, so it's been three years uh, in this role. And before that, I was in D.C. working with the National Science Foundation Nice. Um, in their big data and data science programs. Very good. Very good. Okay. Well, we're talking today about um, data science skill sets. And so let's at least start with what is data science? Like, what do we mean by that? I'm assuming that there's distinctions between things like data engineering and business intelligence and machine learning. Like, what does it encompass and what are we excluding? Well, I am so glad you asked, Beverly, because (laughs) 
This is definitely an area that when people say, I want to be a data scientist. Yes, which is, a lot of people say nowadays. <laughs> well, because it definitely is a lucrative and hot in demand field. But I usually make the point that data science is not a job. It is not a role. It is a field and an ecosystem. And so it's not the same as saying I want to be a cashier where mm. you can go in, learn some specific tools and come out. It's more like saying I want to be a doctor. And I say, congratulations, but what kind? Mm -hmm. Do you want to be a cardiologist or a podiatrist? It will matter a lot in your day-to-day -day life, your salary, your skills and training, how long it will take you. And so for data science, it really encompasses for me all of the steps that get you to answers from data. Mm. So those are six steps to me. The first is if data is valuable, then how do I get access to it in my organization? How do I bring it together in a good fashion and make it work for me? And that's really a data architect role, mm -hmm. um, building a system just like a real architect to store your data because if it's in a million places, then it's not usable. Right. The second is how do I make sure my data is, is enough to answer the questions that I'm trying to answer? Is it clean? And for me, clean is, is it complete? Is it legal <laughs> for your industry? Is mm -hmm. it efficient? Is it agile? Can you combine it in different ways? And is it neat? You know, is it necessary for your for your application? And so that's a data cleaning, which mm -hmm. you can get a lot of people to do data wrangling, which includes it's part of the data science. The third is really the third is really looking at how do you make sure your systems are actually working how you think? Mm. So that's a data engineer testing your systems, making sure it's robust, it can be managed at scale. And, and by systems, we mean the technology. What the architect built. Ah, gotcha. So okay. the process for getting your data, it has to be tested in all your use cases, right, to make sure it doesn't break when your actual customers log in or right. that it doesn't um, – it can handle the scale. And usually your data engineers are the ones testing it formally and making sure that happens. Then comes the fourth step, which is the analysis of what is the data telling me about my company or mission or organization and how is it affecting my business? Mm -hmm. And that is what people traditionally start with and thinking of being the data analyst or the business analyst or even the data scientist that's coming in and giving some sort of insight. But without those first three, they can't do anything. Yeah, right. Right. The, the modeling part is dead in the water if you don't have those first three. If you don't have the first three. And so, but people will say, come in data science and tell me something within a month. But then if you're starting with those three done, you might be able to do that. But if you can't, you're not. Right. And then the fifth one is taking it the step further. This people also think about as a data scientist is not just tell me what's happening and what's affecting my business, but help me predict the future mm -hmm. about what could happen for my business. Mm. And that's where you get into more of what people consider the, the hardcore data scientists. Like mm. that's what they're expecting the outcome to be. Tell me something new and novel or something I hadn't thought of or some way of getting into this that's going to predict what might happen or what we should do. And I, the data scientist task 
if traditionally is really this high-paced scientific method mm-hmm. where you identify a problem, you gather facts about the problem, you try and um, present options for what you are going to do about that problem, you evaluate those options, you implement those options, you monitor the results, and then you communicate them. Mm-hmm. And that's the data science process. So that's five. The very last step, if the if data is valuable, is storing it. Now that this is useful, it's actually making us some money or it's actually helping us be efficient. We can predict the future. How do we make sure we can always access it? It's stored properly. Mm-hmm. And that's a data-based administrator, oh, okay. a archivist, a, like Would that a be the operationalization of the model or the scalability of it? Is that tie-in to that last step? Yeah, so I think a lot of times it is scale, but then it starts the process over a little bit because as you scale, you're going to need the architect to build you something new. You're going to have to retest it. Gotcha. You're going to have to redo it. So the scaling process is kind of an iterative process of those six steps. Mm-hmm. But And you'll have to build and create new tools or use new tools um, as you try and scale up your operations. Mm -hmm. So that's where, for me, the basis of skills is based on tasks. Got it. What task are you actually going to be doing? Where in this cycle are you? And the tools, as well as the titles, come second. I see. So really, you're laying it out as a field or an ecosystem focused around a process that in some ways is a glorified version of the core scientific method. And it sounds like at the heart of it, um, you had mentioned the steps that lead to answers using data. Is that accurate mm-hmm. to kind of put it all? That's yeah. Great. A lot of times we only think about step four. Right. You know, this nice, wonderful mm-hmm. model-ready data set, and we're just going to analyze it, and that's the end, data right. science. But really, it's much more than that, much broader. Very nice. So traditionally, what kind of skills um, did we need? And then uh, the part B of that question, um, Renata, is like, where do we see this going? You know, so traditionally, mm-hmm. what was good and meaningful from a couple de- decades ago, and I've seen it myself just in the like 20-something years that I've been in this. But where do we see the the skills going? Mm-hmm. So I would say that the traditionally, there are some skills that won't go out of style with data science, and that's where it's built on tasks. So I can tell you what those are. But, and then we can talk about where it's going and keep that, that metaphor. So there's been a traditional focus on tools, which has been problematic in some in and just people are realizing now mm-hmm. where tools change so much and investing very heavily i mean part of the game is being able to update and continuously learn skills mm-hmm. so instead of just tools i have people think about the tasks they're going to do but there is traditional skills and i group them as 432 so four what i call innovation skills because mm-hmm. people don't associate them because they're not technical skills to start and one is problem scoping mm-hmm. it's not taught but that will serve you well in any data science role being able to take not just a problem as people state it because most times in my experience people don't actually state 
the problem. Right. They state a wish. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I wish for my sales to go up. Is right. what they really say. Or right. I wish for this to be more effective. Or and, a symptom, like, or, you know, yeah. this is happening, but that's not really saying what the the problem frame. Like, you're not really framing the problem if you just state it that way. Exactly. Okay. So that ability to take what people say that are like wishes or kind of, prob- you know, symptoms mm-hmm. and turning them into the real problem statement is something that a lot of companies have found it very hard to find people that can effectively do that. Right. So that's the skill. Also, active listening. It seems a basic, but being able to listen to a domain expert Mm -hmm. and extract the things that are going to be meaningful to your analysis. And I think that is something that also the best, it serves so much better if they're able to do that. And the third is matching tools to problems. Mm -hmm. So instead of being wedded to the tool first, this is what we've invested in. This is what we're going to use. And sometimes you have to do that. I mean, it's just practical if you spend money on it. But if you have the option to look at the problem first and then match the tool to the problem or having enough knowledge of the different tools and their pros and cons Mm -hmm. to be able to effectively do that. That's a skill that is really a continuous learning type skill. Yeah. I yeah. actually got five. I know you said three, but um, from what you said, um, I think if I hear you correctly, we maybe have been very, give me a tool and let me throw it at the problem mm-hmm. in the past. But in the future, you're saying that um, we need to focus more on maybe the creativity and the innovation side. The yeah. second thing I heard was, and I'm huge on this problem framing thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I teach it in executive education programs, and I'm always talking to my clients about problem framing. And they come and they say, we want you to do this, and that's not actually what they want. You know, it's something else. So that second one that I heard was around problem framing and to be able to take, really get at the root of what we're trying to solve um, is a good skill that we need to focus on for future a third that you mentioned is um, you call it domain listening, I think, a collaboration, like to be able to understand. We don't expect data scientists, um, if I'm hearing you correctly, to intimately understand the domain itself, but they have to be able to rely on the business units where that data comes from or whoever's going to be consuming it um, enough to, to hear uh, what the context is. Absolutely. And the fourth um, is the, the tool or maybe even the technique that is specific to the problem. So don't just try to do the same stuff over and over again on different problems, but try to be more granular in your choice of matching the tool or technique to a specific problem. And then the fifth one that I extracted from your your comments are the continuously learning, which mm-hmm. I think is going to be really important. It, it sounds like you guys are, or at least you as an individual, aren't you doing some kind of class around continuous education? Yeah, definitely. So we're doing a uh, launch your data career, data science career, four-week professional development course. Mm-hmm. So it's a virtual course. People can sign up from anywhere in the world. And it's actually in its second week. Um, we run it in the summer. Mm-hmm. So I'm running it in the summer um, through uh, Good With Data. So it's goodwithdata.us. Uh, and you can sign up, and really it's about going through the process of deciding the data ecosystem is so big that people go in saying, what's the most popular field when really you can take a step back and say, 
what am I interested in? Mm. Where does thing where do things matter to me? Yeah. And how can data impact those things and build a career that really focuses that you feel fulfilled nice. through? And then doing the overview of the ecosystem. The third week is identifying what skills you actually need because sometimes we go through a scattershot of skills. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately I've seen people pick up boot camps or courses on different things, but they don't add up to anything in the end. They uh-huh. don't add up to a coherent end. Right. So we talk through what is the end so that then we have an actual plan to move forward and then doing the launch. So yeah. being able to launch. So that's happening uh, in the summer and then also in February. So nice. Right now. Well, I'm seeing um, mm-hmm. boot camps, certifications, more continuous education. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not only that, I'm hearing people that just got out of a degree program plan for their next thing. Yeah. It used to be as soon as you finish your degree, you're like, oh, man, I'm never going back to school. But this continuous learning, um, it definitely mm-hmm. seems to be a skill set of the future. So that's fantastic. Yeah, and how do you plan that continuous learning? So because it's confusing. There's a lot of options out there. So that's part of what, what we go over. Definitely. Why? How and why are we evolving in the, in our needs? Like what? Why does the former model of what we needed from a skills perspective no longer work? Like why is this even happening? So I'll go back to the metaphor with uh, healthcare. I think it helps because. Because data science is a practice, when healthcare was in its early practice, you had the local doctor, Mm -hmm. right? It was each little town had its own doctor, and you would go to them for whatever happened to you. And that model works because it's local and convenient, but it's limited by how much that local doctor knows. And that's and what they've been exposed to. And that's similar to what the data generalists, where the data unicorn, where each company wants to have an individual or just a small number of individuals that can do everything. And they'll be able to handle common occurrences, but the scope of knowledge is getting beyond where one person can really be an expert in all of those steps and do them well. So we're moving much more to the rise of specialization, just like medical specialists, where you focus on one area or another. And some of those specializations are just in one step, right? Step four or five, we talked about just about predicting the future. There's a lot of different very hot specializations that are out there. Artificial intelligence, machine learning, Um, they are all focused at that step. Um, Natural language processing, computer vision, um, real-time processing, Internet of Things. And so these are different areas that all have their own body of work. And so we're needing that transition to specialization. And Mm -hmm. I think companies that are getting more mature are seeing that and trying to build out a team. In the future, I also could see it going much more towards uh, how you have the training pipelines for those specializations because right now they're not formalized. Mm. And so that's kind of where we are in the evolution of data science becoming this more mature field. And that's the next step of kind of building the actual pipelines 
to career specializations and in some way that people can rely upon. Got it. Got it. Very cool. And I can I can think of an example from uh, some recent work that I did that involved safety mm-hmm. and using the safety data to come up with some answers on how to improve, you know, what they bought and the operations and the training and and um, and all sorts of questions around that. And uh, it was from transportation, manufacturing, warehousing, like four different verticals or domains or contexts. But once you start learning about safety sort of issues and terms, mm-hmm. I can see what you're saying and that that's going to be much more valuable than someone who's just coming in vanilla. Right. And now you've got more specialized versions of your data scientists. Is that kind of where you're going with the vanilla versus like the rocky road with sprinkles on top? Because they understand <laughs> that field a little bit better. Well, yeah, the, the, they are more specialized in the field, but also more specialized even in the step of the data pipeline that yes. they're in. Yes. So if you are a machine learning expert, that doesn't help a brand new organization that doesn't have any data science techniques unless you also know something about being a data architect, Got a data it. engineer, mm. about being an analyst, about being a business communicator, about doing the analysis, about storing it and saving it. And at this point, that becomes an overwhelming catch mm. for one person to be required of. And so that sense that of maturing the perspective of saying that you're going to need a team. You're going to need a team of specialists even to do the basic steps well. Okay. And so even mm-hmm. if you, if it's impossible for anybody to be really, really good at all of those. Mm-hmm. But if you specialize in sort of your step and have a strong awareness and a broader team for the other steps, I mean, you got to think about what's upstream and downstream. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Got yeah. it. Got it. Very cool. How how can our listeners, like, how can they focus their training more toward the future data science needs? Like, how do, we, how do they go about doing that? What kind of questions do they need to answer of themselves? So I think they need to answer the question, as I got back to the beginning, what is it that I care about, right? Because you're going to have to point in a direction. You're not going to be able to learn it all. People say, I want to be a data science. What should I learn? And I have to say there's too much, right? You have to have a goal in mind. And it usually helps to frame it in something that's good for you, that resonates for your own life. So that question comes first. Then the question to root it in the future is, what tasks also resonate with me? What tasks seems like would make a difference? Do I want to be involved in every one so I could start up a project from scratch? Do I want to work in a team? Do I want to work remotely? I think we start off so much at this is the tool of the moment that you back into this almost philosophical conversation about what do you want with your life? Data science is very expansive and it's only getting bigger. Yeah. With sensors coming and all of the data. And by 2025, they expect we won't have enough storage on the planet to hold all the data that we're creating. Mm -hmm. So people are going to have to real time decide, what do I keep? What do I store? What do I keep? What do I throw out? What do I analyze on the fly? And so more people with these skills are needed. So, you want to think through where in the ecosystem makes best sense for you. Nice. And then you can point your skills a lot more effectively. Okay. So some of it sounds like it's um, somewhat soul searching to really find where your passion lies. But at least having a framework and an understanding of what the full process looks like can help you do that. Yeah. just so, And having clarity, actual goals. 
again, taking your ideas from wishes. Mm-hmm. So I, I usually stay away from passion because it almost feels like that's my wish, but more what gives you energy. Ah. And you will have a lot more energy to continuously learn about it than if you start off with something you kind of don't right. have a lot of energy about. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Gotcha. Well, and you may have just answered my final question, which is what final piece of advice would you give to an analytics professional trying to really focus their skill sets toward the future? I would give the advice to take a step back, to try and get out of the, to see the forest for the trees a little bit and see that there is a global need as well as an industry specific need and look at what industry you're in and where they might fall in being on this maturity level of knowing where data science fits in for them so that you can see what role are you really playing? Like regardless of your title, what role are you really playing where you are? And is that the type of role that really makes sense for your growth? Fantastic. Thank you again to Dr. Renata Rawlings-Goss for talking to us about emerging skill sets for data science of the future. Thank you, Beverly. Thanks for listening to Tag Data Talk, sponsored by Emory Continuing Education. I'm Dr. Beverly Wright. Have a great data set.